This is Monstras. Welcome to another episode of Monstras, a podcast dedicated to Latin American and Latinx horror, folklore, history, and all things weird. I am Brenda Salguero, and with me today is Orquidia Morales. It sounds like, uh, oh shoot, Menon the, from Menon. Menon, or what? what is the commercial that goes like that? I don't know, it sounds like an old-timey commercial. That's that's what I that was totally what I was going for. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks to everyone. First of all, thank you to all of you who tuned in to our Verano Peligroso programming. We enjoyed talking about true crime, but now that spooky season is upon us, we wanted to return to more traditional and more manageable monsters. So today we will be talking about. <gasps> One of my favorite topics, something I'm very excited about, witches or brujas. I'm so excited, Yay. too. I can't believe we hadn't done this already, uh, but I it know. was actually a suggestion from one of our listeners, and we are uh, really ready to talk about it. Yes, uh, yes. And it's a topic that's very dear and near to my gloomy heart, because as y'all know, <laughs> I grew up with brujas and a lot of brujas stuff going on around me. Uh, maybe in the TikTok and social media, I'll share some of the memories I have of uh, my aunt and tarot cards and all that fun stuff. Oh my God, you should. Because I have a witch doctor story. I have a curandera story, which I think I already told on yeah. our curandera episode. But so yeah, you should definitely tell us your about your bruja auntie. Yeah, and that's, I think that's one of the other questions we're going to think about for a little bit, the relationship between brujas and curanderas. But okay, so Bre- Brenda, you want Brenda... Hi, Brenda. Brenda! <laughs> I went hella Mexican. <laughs> you did! You were thinking, you were challenging your auntie. I you was, were challenging your tortilla. I really was. I was like, Brenda, how are you doing today? Um, so, Brenda, you want to tell us what a bruja is? What's a, what's a yes. witch? Yes. Uh, so, bruja translates directly to witch. Uh, both are gendered female because in English, a male witch is it called a warlock. So, oh, damn it, just a sec. I always get spam. What the fuck? <laughs> I hate those. Oh, they're so stupid. Okay, so let me do that again. Bruja translates to witch. Both are gendered female because in English, a male witch is, a, is called a warlock. So usually when we think of witches, we think of pointy hats and crooked noses. <laughs> Big old crooked noses. Yes. Probably some brooms, right? Some Definitely brooms are involved brooms. in there. But in Latin America, there is a really complicated history of witchcraft, particularly because of the conquest, which, surprise, surprise. But simply stated, brujería is witchcraft. One of our sources defines it as a term used to, and I quote, describe or disparage occult religious practices in some Latin American and Afro-Caribbean cultures with indigenous roots. What is really cool about brujería is it does not traditionally have a hierarchical structure like most organized religions. It's actually really communal, Yeah. right? 
And I think that that's one of the reasons people or uh, organized groups hate it so much because it's mostly women <laughs> and it's mostly yeah. about like they organize themselves and do their own thing. And that's terrifying for a lot of people. Especially men. Exactly. Um, so brujería and curanderismo um, are connected, but brujería um, has that negative connotation that curanderismo really doesn't um, anymore. Um, curanderismo is seen as more natural and about using herbs and things like that to do cleanses, um, while brujería is seen as black magic, as something that's going to hurt somebody. Yes, and I remember the curandera that I saw did a cleanse on me, and I pooped myself. <laughs> I mean, I didn't poop myself on the ride home. Yeah, she yeah. gave me a bag in case I did. Yeah. That's really nice of her, a bag. A bag, yeah, I like would a plastic expect a bucket bag. so I can pull out, like, you pull over on the side of the road and have a bucket or something. No, apparently all you get is a bag from I... a curandera. <laughs> maybe maybe in oh, back in the day they gave you a bucket because they're... <laughs> Bags in exist, yeah. <laughs> but this was the modern version. Um, so there are so many variations of uh, brujería throughout Latin America, right? So from Haitian voodoo, Cuban santaria, to brujería, to Brazilian can domble and umbanga. And umbanda, the religious and spiritual practices in Latin American and Afro-Caribbean communities are super vast. Today, we will focus on brujería for this episode, particularly as defined in Mexico, but we should definitely think about doing episodes on these other practices. Brujería doesn't necessarily have one god that it focuses on. It's usually pretty polytheistic. Um, And a lot of them are connected to nature and kind of like, it it reminds me a lot of like a little bit of Wiccan. Yeah. Wicca's, Wiccan religion is is very it's similar right it is very much about nature and kind of understanding your environment and using that to heal yourself uh which brujería also does um but spookier (laughs) (laughs) but spookier and one of my so one of the favorite things that i remember from speaking of brujería especially cuban santeria Mm -hmm. is i think this was santeria i don't know so correct me if i'm wrong um but when I worked at a historical society, there was a cemetery, and sometimes we would find curses and sacrifice chickens, yeah. like on like someone had just tossed it over the fence and put it in like yeah you know inside the cemetery. So that depends. Like that could be any sort of practice, really, because I know in brujería they do that, or if you take like the dirt from a specific um, plot, right? You can use it for something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's so there's cool. always little things you can do in cemeteries. Um, I know. And people your, will be like, your, oh. Your witchiness. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> Depending on the flavor of witchiness exactly. you do. Um, no, I, people would always be like, I don't want to touch it. And I was like, I think it's cool. So I'd touch it. I don't care. I was like, whatever. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so tell us more about the history and the region, Orquidia. So like most of our stories, this one begins with the conquest. Uh, before the Spaniards arrived in the Americas, there were religious practices and customs, obviously, but it wasn't until the indigenous traditions were combined with the Spaniards' ideas of heaven and hell that we really got the roots of the brujería we know today. Because, again, they u- we know they used herbs, we know they had a spiritual system and all that sort of stuff, 
but it was when it was tinged with heaven or hell, with good or bad, um, of that, like, Catholicism that we got to see. Yeah, the dichotomy. Yeah, the dichotomy of uh, Catholicism that we have, the birth of Brujeria. Um, And one of the... I love this. I did not know I was going to find this, but in the research, really Mm -hmm. at the center of Brujeria during the colonial period, there is a powerful drug that I... I consume this at least once a day. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I wonder what people thought you were going to say. I, I, was, I, I thought you were going to say, like, um, coffee. Coffee's a good but one, too. But cho- yeah. chocolate's more dangerous, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super dangerous. Yeah. Super, super dangerous. That's so interesting. So let's dive into the connection between chocolate and brujas. Let's like, do that's it. so cool. So there were multiple stories that dealt with the use of chocolate, particularly by women, and the fear that uh, it created in Native and European men. Its caffeine content, flavor profile, and power it held in indigenous communities scared Spanish colonizers from the get-go. So they were scared of chocolate? They were. It was really cool because they loved it. They loved the rush of it. But then they were like, there must be something going on here. <laughs> something evil because yeah. of course as a catholic you can't feel any exactly sort of joy. i cannot be enjoying this this must be brujeria <laughs> yeah this must be brujeria. yeah so men were afraid they would be seduced and weakened by the chocolate made that that women would make for them part of the reason chocolate was so mystical mystical for europeans was because it was used by native people in a lot of ceremonial ways so pre-conquest, it was used in wedding ceremonies to celebrate the union of the couple because it was seen as a sort of source of vit- vitality. So like, here, make lots of babies. Yeah. I guess it's, <laughs> I mean, I wonder if it's like the rush of it is an aphrodisiac, maybe? Maybe. I, I've, I always heard that chocolate was like supposedly an aphrodisiac, but I'm like, I don't like dark, I don't like chocolate. I like milk chocolate. Oh, I like milk chocolate better. I don't like dark yeah, chocolate yeah, yeah. either. I don't like dark chocolate. No. I, I'll take also white chocolate, but yeah. my God, if there's like a, the most European thing you could probably make out of chocolate is white chocolate. <laughs> it really is. White chocolate just does not, is not chocolate anymore. Like that's it's just not, candy. It's not. It's candy. And, it's and just that's candy. fine. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Some, so some Mayan women actually would have chocolate during menopause or childbirth so it would give them strength. And that makes sense. I mean, it's like a little Yeah, I have chocolate when I'm PMSing, so yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were doing back then. So one of the articles, El Chocolate. One of the articles, El Chocolate, Una Pocima de Brujas, gave different documented examples of these cases of brujería or hechicería by chocolate. For instance, a 33-year-old mestizo man named Juan de Fuentes that worked in construction went to colonial authorities claiming that Mi mujer Cecilia me ha embrujado. <laughs> I love the drama. Oh, my God. Because that, that is actually how I imagine him running into this, like, office of bureaucracy going, I have been bewitched by my wife. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, ah. can you imagine <laughs> running okay. into the police station going, I've been bewitched. <laughs> they'll, look, they'll look at you and be like, okay, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. We don't want you here. So he claimed his wife Cecilia had bewitched him. 
According to the Fuentes, Cecilia bewitched him so he couldn't have an erection. <laughs> but he also found himself strangely compelled to make the morning hot chocolate for his wife. The colonial authority decided that it must be with traft, of course. Right? Yeah. Because it wasn't a natural thing for men to serve women in that way. So Cecilia was sent to jail. Oh my god, <laughs> poor Cecilia! I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel horrible for her and it, it's ridiculous, but I just... That, like, masculinity is so fragile. <laughs> it's so fragile that he's like, I can't even serve my wife something. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can't even give her... What? Obviously, so, I'm bewitched. Yeah, clearly I've been bewitched if I do anything feminine, anything connected to femininity. Yeah. So another case was super wild. Two women, a widow and her daughter, were accused of witchcraft by a slave who told authorities that the women would mix their pubic hair, oh my God, with pieces of fingernails in cups of chocolate that they would serve to the priest of the town to make him fall in love with them. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's r- ridiculous. I like, love it wh- so much. But why would they want to make the priest fall in love with them? That's, well, that's, that's what I couldn't understand. And I do think it is this fear of, you know, women seducing men. Like, women mm. ate the apple. So it, it is this interesting combination of, like, indigenous and Spanish beliefs. Um, yeah. And, and both women were kind of trashed <laughs> yeah i i mean come on just because they like chocolate i can't even eat chocolate without being called a witch exactly <laughs> jeez one of the the last cases that the article mentioned was an, another um doña luisa de galvez who supposedly went to anita and hechicera to get a potion to stop her husband from beating her Oh, I feel so bad for her. So Anita, the local hechicera or or bruja, told Doña Luisa to create a potion by washing her genitals with water and then mixing some green magical powders and some cinnamon and hot chocolate for the husband. So I guess she had to use the water that she used to wash herself in that chocolate mix. Oh. Yeah. So the the healer was sent to a religious jail. I'm not sure what that means. I feel like that's a whole Patreon episode on what the hell religious jail is. <laughs> yeah, what the hell does that mean? I I I, I don't know if that your, means like a convent jail... or what. No, the jail is the the bars on the jail are uh. consisted of like the abs, Jesus's abs. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you have yes. it's just it's everywhere. You're like ah, I can't get away. <laughs> Oh, that would be terrifying. Yeah, that is a bad job. <laughs> the whole walls are covered with, like, Bible pages and everything. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, perfect weed paper, honestly. Bible pages? <laughs> they're real. Yeah. They're... Okay. So, Anita was punished for her crimes, I guess. And poor Doña Luisa. We don't know what happened to her, but hopefully she got away from her abusive uh, husband. Yeah, I hope. I mean, oh, she probably got beat real bad after. I know, which is so sad. It's really sad. I mean, it's just punishing women, basically, for trying to protect themselves in this in these cases, you know? Exactly. Um, and then one of, um, in an article from Atlas Obscura, has the story of a young woman that is um, wooed by a man. They have sex, and of course, he leaves her after that. So the young woman, and this is during colonial times, the young woman went to a bruja who gave her a special powder to put into the man's morning chocolate. 
And she did. And then she was reported to the colonial inquisition. So I guess it didn't quite work for her. <sighs> How did they even find out? Like, I feel like there's there was probably a lot of stories like this that happened. Yep. But not always they found out about it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still reeling from the, from the, was, I always wanted to say pussy juice, but it's not. It's <laughs> no, not. please don't say it. It's too late. It's out there. Oh my God. This is pussy juice flavored hot chocolate. And I, I'm recording in my office on campus. I feel like I cannot say that again. I'm going to get fired. I'm just going to say vaginal runoff. Because it's not even fluids, because it was it was the wash. It was the water from yeah. the wash. So I'm almost want to say vaginal runoff. Yeah. I mean <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. People can tweet us and tell us other names they want to get. But that is another thing. So most of the fear was that these women were putting body parts especially anything related to their vagina so some versions even say that they put menstrual blood in the hot chocolate oh my god i feel like no one was doing that i honestly don't know i do think people (laughs) people are wild today people would do that today that's (laughs) true i mean tweet us and let us know if you put uh menstrual blood in your husband or significant others (laughs) hot chocolate yeah we really want to know. We want to know these this things. <laughs> Keep it anonymous. We won't snitch. <laughs> so, all of these cases were in Guatemala. Not a surprise. Um, or I don't know. Actually, I'm. I don't know what to take. How to take that? But they're yeah. all. They all come from Guatemala. So that's kind of interesting. So part of the reason was because in Guatemala. There was a good mix of Native, African, and other racial and ethnic groups. Ah, there's your answer. In the Atlas... (laughs) I forgot. Um, In the Atlas Obscura article, they explain, By the 1600s, Santiago de Guatemala's mixed-race people had outstripped Europeans, who were only about 15% of the population. Fearing that they were outnumbered, European elites imposed a series of repressive laws against non-whites including curfew and laws prohibiting people of African descent from wearing jewelry or dressing like indigenous people. Women bore the brunt of this policing, perhaps partly because they often interacted across racial divides. Spanish, indigenous, African, and mixed-race women mingled in the markets and kitchens. They shared recipes for homemade cures. They blurred the boundaries between what we now call science and magic and they often consulted indigenous healers. And that was a whole quote. That whole thing I read was a quote. And it's, that's so fascinating. Isn't it? it, it I mean, and it, it is, it makes total sense. Like, if you are outnumbered and these communities start communicating with each other and realizing they can overpower you, uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's. Yeah, they were like, we don't want them to identify with each other. We don't want them to share knowledge. We don't want them to build a community. So witch hunt that's what it turned into witch hunt yeah and it's a very common tactic mm-hmm. they use that with the with the irish and the and african americans yeah in america like they were like oh no you're white and you're poor but you're white 
Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of in the, those, like, in the stories we just mentioned, we have people that are, like, mestizos. Some sound, like, more working class than others. Some have, like, Doña in the title. So you can tell that she's probably more middle class. Um, yeah. So there, there is, in these stories, that mix of different populations that was terrifying to the people in charge. Yeah. To the white people in charge, they didn't want to... Or the mestizo or the lighter skinned people, I should yeah. say. Because in Latin America, it's more like light skin. The more light skin you are, the higher you are. Uh, the closer to God, I guess, you are. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I think that's the hair. The higher oh, the, the hair, hair, the closer the to hair. God. <laughs> As a Texan, I would know. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, tell us more about the next section okay. which is it's all it, all it's titled guys is Chile's witches and I'm so that makes me so excited. This one is also wild and this is why I think we can do like we we need to do more episodes on witches cuz these stories were ridiculous and I'm not even including some of the major witches from other regions. So these are just like little tastes. Um, <laughs> little chocolate little tidbits. chocolate tidbits. <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time eating chocolate after this. No, that's not true. I love chocolate. No, who cares? Is it their yeah. menstrual blood in this? I don't care. Uh-huh. It's delicious. <laughs> so, okay. So um, in the 1880s, so fairly recent history, another set of witches appeared or were brought to trial in Chile. They were known as La Recta Provincia or the Righteous Province. And what is different about these witches is that they are all men. Um, ah! And they had some weird-ass shit to, to say. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so this is from the Smithsonian Magazine and the website The Culture Trip. And they really have great information on these witches. Uh, what we know about these brujos comes from the Inquisition trial in 1880. The trials were performed in the Chiloe Islands. And the, oh, cent- yeah. the central figure was uh, a chilote farmer named Mateo Coñuecar, who admitted to being part of the cult, and he claimed that they had a lot of members that they met in a cave off of a ravine outside of a little coastal village of Kikavi. No one has ever found that cave, as far as we know. Oh, we gotta look for that cave. So that is not suspicious at all. (laughs) Yeah, let's go look for an old witch's cave, yeah. Oh, yes. Field trip. Let's do it. Let's field trip! Uh, so, Mateo had a lot of shit to say, and that's where it gets fun. Be- because he said that there were two guards to the cave that no one can find. One of this, one of the guards was the Inbuche. He stated that, quote, when the sect needed a new Inbuche, the council of the cave orders a member to steal a boy child from six months to a year old. The deformer... <laughs> Wow, great name. That's my that's my middle name right there. Brenda the Deformer Salguero. <laughs> yes. That's your wrestling name. Oh, yes. That's such a great wrestling name. Oh, my gosh. So, that's awesome. So the Deformer, who was a permanent resident of the cave, starts work at once. He disjoints the arms and legs and the hands and feet of this six-month to one-year-old baby. Yeah, that's pretty easy, though. That's yeah. an easy thing to do to a child, because they, their bones are all like, meh. Yeah. They're I mean, all except for the cartilage. crying, right? Oh, yeah, the crying the cry yeah. would get annoying, yeah. for sure. 
So uh, this is still a quote. So then begins the delicate task of altering the position of the head. Oh, God. Day after day and for hours at a stretch, he twists the head with a tourniquet until it has rotated through an angle of 180 degrees. That is, until the child can look straight down the line of its own vertebrae. (laughs) That's wild. What the hell? I don't know what Mateo was on, but okay, there's more. So before you have the inbuche, there remains one last operation for which another specialist is needed. Duh. Yeah. At full moon, the child is laid on a workbench, lashed down with his head covered in a bag. The specialist cuts a deep incision under the right shoulder blade. Into the hole, he inserts the right arm and sews up the wound with threat taken from the neck of an of a you. Mm. When it is healed, the infuche is complete. So they create their own weird creature to guard the cave by torturing a child and then waiting for him to grow. And that's a, a monster mutant that guards the cave for them. Wow. So into the hole, he inserts the right arm. So basically he twisted the hand behind the kid and then and then he put the right arm through a hole in the shoulder i guess so yeah i don't know why you would do that because it's the pictures are wild because there are pictures or you know we'll share them on social media there's illustrations of the inbuche Um, i'm gonna look it up right now yeah and then so there were two guards right so that you have the inbuche and then you have the chivato which was just you know a deformed mute covered in piggish bristles oh that yeah. what 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 <laughs> what does piggish bristles mean I, have, I don't i think that means hair like really just thick hair oh do they put hair on them like i like glue? i guess so cuz the chivato is also a kidnapped child um and then they tortured him and he became uh, a guard for the cave but he's more he's less dangerous than than the inbuche i don't know why he's less dangerous than the inbuche <laughs> like what makes him less dangerous i think that inbuche would just terrify you just sight alone like he is so monstrous that you would see him and pass out because that's uh, what i would do <laughs> oh yeah if i saw a dude with like a oh my god yeah i see pictures now yeah. Yeah, if I saw this dude coming, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, yeah, freaking the hell <laughs> you, out. You'd walk away from that cave. Maybe that's why nobody found it, because they saw these creatures and went, nah, there's no cave I, here. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super good. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple different illustrations of him. They, there's one where his arm is kind of tucked under his shoulder blade. Yeah. Um, and it's sewed in, so his arm is constantly like twisted back behind him. And you can see an outline of his, like, hand inside, underneath his skin. I love it. It's so cool. There's, like, a statue of one, too. Yeah. There's a couple ones where his leg is actually twisted behind him and inserted under the shoulder blade. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely another episode. Like, these these creatures and what role they play in Chile. Because I'd never heard of them before until I was reading about this, um coven of male witches so i have heard of this story have you yes and the reason i've heard of it is because the it was the inspiration for this podcast you need to stop 
No, it 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 was. So uh, there there's a podcast I stopped listening to a while ago because it was too white for me. <laughs> uh, it was called Lore. Oh yeah. And I listened to it back in like 2000. Oh my god, what year was that? 2012 or something, some ridiculous time. And the third episode, third or second episode, was about these witches. And I was so fascinated by it. I was like, I want more of Latin American creepy shit. Yeah. Give me more of this. And I kept looking and looking and looking online for more stuff like that. And I couldn't find it. And so I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll just do it myself. And that's when I contacted you. Yeah. That is so wild. I'd never heard of them. And I again, if listeners want a full episode on these witches or on any of the other ones, we can totally do that. This, oh, yeah. This really feels like just like an appetizer of what we can do on witches. Yes. This is an a la carte meal for everyone. Yeah. Pick and choose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's more to this story, too. There's more to these witches. And I have heard of, of, of these things that they used to do. So... Mm-hmm. They also claimed, man, Mateo, you really snitched. He I know. really snitched. I think Mateo was probably proud. I would imagine oh, he, he was yeah. proud of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was proud. He was like, look at what we made. Exactly. <laughs> what we did yeah. in the forest when you weren't looking. Um, so they also claimed to have some cool powers, like the ability to fly, and that they had a special bowl of water where they could see secrets. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. I joined that coven, obviously, um, 100%. But they would only allow men. And their initial r- rituals are just, like, way too much. Like, they're just too over the top. So one option is that for... So one of the options to be, you know, included into this cult is that for 15 nights straight, you have to take a dip in freezing cold waters of the Traiguen? I think Traiguen. Traiguen. This was so you could wash away, quote, wash away the effects of Christian baptism. Oh, fantastic. You know what? I'll just do that anyways. (laughs) You're like, you don't have to let me in. I'll just do it for fun. (laughs) I'll just do it for fun. Um, Another initiation ritual, um, and this one I would definitely not do, or maybe I would. Um, was to kill a loved one. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, and exactly. use their skin. <laughs> maybe you would. I, I don't know what you do to your loved ones. And at this point, I don't want to know. Is loved one mean someone you love or is it family? I would assume it's someone you love because you have to. It's an initiation ritual. Initiation is supposed to cost you something. That's true. So the initiation was to kill a loved one and use their skin to make a bag for their spell book. A bag! That's what I was about to say. It's not even a cool thing. Like if you made a coat out of them, maybe. Make a book at least. Make the spell book out of the skin of that person. Like that's cooler. Not a a tote bag. bag. A tote bag? Let me just go to the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Where did you get that tote bag? Oh, you know, my uncle. Who I love dearly. Yeah. <laughs> and want to carry around the with the tote bag. <laughs> yeah, as I pet the tote bag. Here's his eye. Um, it's just wild. Um, according to Coñuecar's uh, testimony, La Recta Provincia was very powerful and even had a hierarchy with kings and things like that. This is how you know men can't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> the draw of brujería is that it's common, communal, right? And informal. And that no one has more power than another person. It's egalitarian. And they exactly. were like, no, let's make it into a hierarchy. They turned it the- into a pissing contest. And it's just like, 
they don't even do cool shit with it. We make hot chocolate. With they make things inside of it. Yeah. What and are they doing? Taking people. a shower? Whatever. <laughs> have to take a dip Ugh, yeah. to wash away Christian baptism. Whatever. I could do that with other stuff. <laughs> I could do it a different way. Exactly. <laughs> so there is uh, another story here. La Cartagena Inquisition. Cartagena, Colombia has also has good documentation of the witches tried during the Inquisition. So we just don't have snitch Mateo to Raya. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to there were a lot of snitches during the Inquisition. And I mean, some I don't blame because I'm sure they were tortured. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame that. I don't blame. Yeah. So there's a lot of documentation of witches tried during the Inquisition in the Americas. So yes, it's sad that most of what we know about early brujeria comes from the Inquisition and court documents. And I bet you there's some sort of like hesitation there too to believe it. Yeah. Because it was probably extracted at, you know, from torture. Exactly. Yeah. And you you can't really, you have to take it with a grain of rice. So according to Catherine Joy McKnight, Colombian, and I quote, Colombian historians have identified over 400 individuals who were denounced, accused, imprisoned, or punished by the Cartagena, or Hena, Hena. Inquisition. In the 50 years between 1610 and 6060, of these individuals, 16% are categorized in the documents as negro, or black, a black person, right? And 11% as slaves. About 30% of all the accused, regardless of race, were tried for witchcraft or sorcery. So according to these claims, African descendants use things like glass for divination. That's interesting. Yeah. And it, it is, like, that article, I, she has, like, two articles um, on witchcraft in, in Colombia and just, like, the African roots of witchcraft in Latin America that are really cool uh, because she talks about that, that racial dimension of it. Um, so she says, for example, that 30% of the accused were of African descent. Um, oh. Yeah. And, and again, this was a way to control the population, especially those you are trying to oppress, like black, mestizo, and women. Yeah. Um, and Dr. McKnight explains that, quote, many of the cases involving blasphemy or reniegos or renunciations came about when slaves cried out against a cruel beating, wow. either renouncing the master's belief system or attempting to win the intervention of the Inquisition and thus gain a hearing for their complaints against their masters. Oh, interesting. So they were using the Inquisition as a way to be like, screw you to the masters. So, no. So they would, yeah. So they were trying to do that, but that was seen as witchcraft. That was seen as trying to have like control over other people. So they were punished for it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because there were no systems in place to protect them in any sort of way. Yeah, they they weren't seen as people, so they were trying to use the system of the Inquisition to have some power, and it didn't work out. But I do think that some of the cases are of people trying to gain power or trying to escape their situation, like the the woman that tried to escape her abusive uh, husband. Yeah, Um, I mean, when you, I mean, when you... The only reason you turn to magical 
stuff and magical mm-hmm. and things that are are outside of like basically you're trying to gain control right like when you put a spell on someone you're controlling you when you put you know when you try to get like a potion you're trying to control an aspect of your life that you don't have control over currently mm-hmm. it, it it might be something as innocuous as innocuous as trying to get someone to fall in love with you or it could be like yeah, I am in a situation that I don't want to be in anymore. Get me out. Yeah. Yeah, when you feel powerless, things like this definitely make sense and are yeah. accessible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that makes total sense. And yeah. also co- the community that you create. Mm-hmm. You were talking about community, la brujerías and and the community. Yeah. So That's why you're covens looking... are such a big part of it, right? Like yeah. the idea is you work together. Um and kind and of support yeah, each other. build resources and help each other. Um, so we actually wanted to end with some brujilda tips. So ah! <laughs> if you do, you are interested in brujería and wanted to try your hand at it, we wanted to share a few ones that don't include menstrual blood, at least not today. <laughs> not today. Not, <laughs> not today. today. Maybe, maybe in the future, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this one is especially for babies. Uh, and I've, I've seen people do this. Like, I know we did this growing up. If someone has horrible hiccups, you take a piece of red thread and you put saliva on it and then you put it on their forehead and it's supposed to stop them from hiccuping. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think I've seen that Some adults do it too, but it's mostly babies. You, you yeah. do it on babies. I've seen that on babies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have susto, you eat a spoonful of sugar and that's supposed to make the soul go back to your body. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. what sus what what do you what do you what is susto for you? So susto is when you have like a big fright or something like that. Like when you the the theory is that when that happens, your soul gets so confused it tries to escape your body. Oh. So t- in order to bring it back or to keep it in your body, you have a spoonful of sugar. So it's almost like PTSD, you think? Sort of. So kind of like yeah, when something really shocking happens, your blood pressure probably gets all mixed up. Like your body does have physiological responses to uh, being really frightened. Yeah. Um. So yeah, sugar makes everything better. <laughs> sugar crack chocolate. chocolate. Um. <laughs> Perfect. Um. And then another one is if you're pregnant, you have to make sure to wear red underwear and put a safety pin over your belly button on the underwear, not on your belly button. Oh, God. (laughs) Just on your underwear uh, to prevent any birth defects. And I know my mom did this when she was pregnant. Oh, really? And look, I mean, and look, you're fine. I'm mostly normal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're especially supposed to do this um, during a full moon or uh, eclipse, solar eclipse. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, this one is just like a fun one. So when it it is really sunny outside, but it's raining, that they say that that's because se um, casa la bruja. So the witch is getting married. The witch is having a wedding. So that's why it's sunny but raining. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I want a sunny but rainy. I love sunny but rainy days. Those are really cute. It's and then you get the rainbow and yeah. Oh, um, I love I love that. I'm yeah. gonna say that. Se casa la bruja. Se casa la bruja. Uh, and then a last one that I just remembered was if you fall on the floor, obviously where else are you gonna fall? That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could fall on, on a bed. You could fall on something else. That's true. Yeah. Um, Okay, so if you hit the floor, 
Yes. Um, some people say that uh, te lambió el diablo o te, te lambió la bruja. That means like the witch or the devil has licked you because you're on the floor yes. now. Um, so you like sometimes you have to, if you really believe that, you have to do something to cleanse yourself after being licked. I... Am I, I mean, that's a way, that's one way to get rid of your, your Christian baptism. That's just, you don't need to take cold baths. You just need no. to lay on the floor for a little bit and wait for somebody to lick you. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. devil, you know, preferably the devil. Yeah. That's awesome. There are other ones where, isn't there a seed that you put on an infant? Like mm-hmm. a, a necklace, a very, do you know what that yeah. necklace is called? Um, it's called Ojo de Venado. Because it looks like a deer eye. Yeah. And you're supposed to put it on their wrist with red. And that's supposed to prevent mal de ojo. Um, So the idea with mal de ojo is it's not because it's evil eye, but it's not really evil. It's like sharing energy. So when you're a baby, there's a lot of people looking at you, touching you. So you get all their energy and that makes you sick. So that's a way to prevent getting all their energy. Oh, so you're like an egg of some sort, like a you know when you do the rubbing. With yeah, the that's why you rub the egg, so you can all that energy that you have in your body goes into the egg, and that's why it looks like it's cooked or bubbly. Oh, yeah. interesting. But I do remember my sister having a red thread. Yeah. On her on her hand. I know there's a lot of red, and it's not about because red is usually associated with like love, but it's not about that in these cases. Um, so I'm not sure. Maybe red is the con- the connection to blood or something. Oh, maybe it all comes back to menstrual blood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not say that. <laughs> this is not a long ad for Diva Cup, okay? <laughs> I know, right? Diva Cup sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. We promise we won't send anybody hot chocolate. Uh, yeah, we promise. <laughs> we should have our own hot chocolate brand. I think we should. Well, now it, nobody's going to drink it, though. Not yeah, no episode. one's going to drink it now. <laughs> Unless they're creepers, and I don't know if I want them. Well, <laughs> I'd be too, I'm like, how much money are you willing to give me? <laughs> Girl, we are not going to OnlyFans this shit. <laughs> I, don't think, I also think it's illegal to sell. <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah it's a, I'm pretty sure. The sell of menstrual blood. It's, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, some sort of health code violation. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> if anybody not, knows, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. If you work in public health. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that's it. Oh my gosh. This has been so fascinating, Orquidia. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, each of these could have been an episode. There is a lot more information. So listeners, if you like this, let us know. Um, I think next month we, we're going to do an episode on duendes, uh, yes, but I would love to revisit one. brujas if folks oh. are interested. Yes. Tell us which bruja you like. Um, yeah. Tell us what other, you know, facts that you know, and tell us any other rituals you know that, you know, are innocuous, innocuous-ish. Yeah. yeah. Or not. Tell or us not. which which uh, candle we should light uh, <gasps> to have more energy. I need that one. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh my god, I need so much more energy. You know what? I'll just just send me coca leaves. <laughs> just I'll just put it in my little cheek pocket, suck at it. You know, nice. That's you can hamster to give them. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's supposed to give you energy and suppress hunger. So I want that. <laughs> so thanks again to everyone for listening. If you love what we do, please consider joining our Patreon to listen to our exclusive episodes. Uh, we did one on acid cannibalism just now. 
basically. So I know. It's really been a, a day full of food, and I am hungry. <laughs> yeah, you are really hungry. I already ate. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I've been, I've been snacking on my skull granola. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Oh, did you see anything that I posted on Twitter? I posted, because uh, there's such great Halloween decorations in It is so right dangerous now. right now. Super dangerous for me. Super dangerous. My house is just going to be covered yep. in nothing but Halloween garbage. So, but it's such cool stuff. Yeah. This season I'm, is really good for Halloween shopping. Yeah. yeah. The season has been like really creative. Whoever is out there creating all these cool, interesting stuff, please keep going because it's really boss. And if you need consultants to help you market to Latinos, just hit us up. Oh, yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up. You know, just because it's Dia de los Muertos theme doesn't mean it's Halloween. That's true. You know, (laughs) it's not. They're two separate holidays. So, okay. So please consider joining our Patreon to listen to our exclusive episodes and any future news or merch that we might have. We will have. I'm hoping to premiere some merch October 1st or 2nd or so at the beginning of the month. Just stay tuned for that. We will be releasing all of that. Um, and our Patreon subscribers will get a discount. I have to figure that all out. I've been traveling, though, because I have a new job. So I will say I've seen the merchandise, and it is totally worth the wait. So yeah. I, I my friends are, too. Like They're like, ready oh, my to God, buy I love some it. Too. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still building everything. So, you can also support us by leaving a review. Please leave a review for us. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, let us know. This episode was a suggestion, and our next episode was another suggestion also by a listener. So, if you tell us to do it, we will try our best to, like, shove it in there. Um, <laughs> to our lineup. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you for clarifying. So then you can also connect with us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, or on our website, monstraspodcast.com. And yeah. Thank you again and happy soon Halloween month. Yay. Yay. Happy spooky seasons. Yay. All right. <laughs> Take care and don't let anyone bewitch you or feed you chocolate. Unless you want it. <laughs> Unless you want it. Bye. Bye.